Welcome to N20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. From 2040 to 2195. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, permaculture, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. Years ago, Lynx was in season 10 of the Ultimate Makeover Challenge. Now in her 40s, she owns and operates a salon in Fishtown. People love her distinctive look due in part, she believes, to her Somalian, Scot-Irish, and Turkish ancestry. Her motto is, if you make your own fashion trend, it's up to others to catch up. Many have solar clothes that charge their devices. Lynx's favorite cap charges her AR glasses. As soon as she finds out about interactive clothes, she orders an interactive hoodie. Once it arrives, she becomes obsessed with programming it. It's solar charged, can be machine washed, has the feel of cotton, changes color, and is touch sensitive on the sleeves. Wearing it, she works at her station. The narrow space of her salon hosts three chairs. Wallpaper made from old, illustrated encyclopedias covers the lower half of tall walls. Two cats lounge in the box windows at the front. Genevieve is the only other stylist. She often has an are you kidding me expression, one raised eyebrow, and squared off eyes. Her abundant curly ringlets bounce when she moves her head. She braids a young femme's hair. Lynx gives a biker femme's hair a trim. Everyone wears glasses. The young femme says, I was given a checkup by a robot. I think it's better, it took all the embarrassment out of it. Genevieve says, they're coming for our jobs next. Lynx says, no. Most salons are privately owned and rent chairs to stylists. Salon owners won't want to buy robots when it's easier to rent chairs and stylists won't pay for a machine to replace them. The biker says, we're all going to be replaced. We need universal basic income. The young femme smiles and mouths, yes. Genevieve shakes her head and says, if you guarantee that everyone will have a place to live and food to eat, two things will happen. First, in a couple of generations, you'll have a large group of people who aren't fit to figure out how to survive on their own. And second, from day one when UBI is started, you'll get lots of babies. People love to have babies, and if they know they have the time and resources, nothing will hold them back. The biker femme grunts. Link says, maybe they could just guarantee housing. Genevieve says, I'm not trying to be cruel. Have you ever heard of survival of the fittest? If you take an animal out of the survival game, they devolve. The young femme looking at the cats in the window says, like cats? Genevieve says, what? The young femme says, cats are taken out of the survival game. People take care of all their needs. Link says, I'm sorry to say, most cats die on the streets, so they're still in the survival game. The biker groans and says, if everyone gets the bare necessities, people who have more will attract mates. And we're not living in the 30s anymore. Overpopulation isn't a concern. We kind of need mamas to make babies. If anything, people should get paid for having and raising babies. 
It'll be the last job robots won't be able to do. Link says, some people get a lot more than they need, and they still find a way to kill themselves. The young femme looks at each of the older femmes who all nod. The biker says to Genevieve, you act like we all hunt our own food and build our own shelters. Don't you think that people will want to become the best they can be? Genevieve says, some people, sure. Yes, there will always be some people who do that. They're a product of fight to survive. The biker says, the people who do the best, they were almost all born into exceptional environments where they were given all kinds of opportunities that most people don't get. The hardest hitters in our society never had to worry about when they'd eat or if they'd have a place to live. And cave people didn't need to pay rent. I'm pretty sure their caves were free. UBI won't mean we're out of the survival game. Genevieve says, UBI will cause a surge of drug addicts. The biker says, we're already there. The drug-addicted masses is old news. Drug addicts don't care about UBI. They don't eat. They don't sleep. Genevieve says, but they'd spend their income on drugs. The biker says, so we wait for them to rob or prostitute for the money instead? Genevieve says, people will try drugs because they don't need to go to work and they'll get addicted. The young femme yelps. The others look at the young femme. Link says, what is it? The young femme points toward the front windows and says, a crowd is walking down the street. Link's walks to the front. A group of three femmes and many children walk past right outside. A lone man passes them. Across the street people all walk from right to left. Link says, it's like a game or concert has gotten out. Genevieve stands beside her and says, except they look homeless. Lynx walks back to her station and says, Goggle, show me on the large screen why so many people are walking by outside. On the opposite wall, a 12-foot wide screen lights up and a news segment plays. A newscaster with a sharp jaw says, preparation for the new giant dissenters has caused waves of squatters walking the streets. Squatters are being told to leave areas marked for new development. The mayor urges you not to panic, though staying indoors until the in-city migrants have found new abandoned buildings to settle in is recommended. Behind the newscaster on Broad Street, hundreds of people walk. Genevieve takes her scissors and says, I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going to finish here and get home. Goggle, cancel all my appointments for the rest of the day. Weeks later, Lynx styles Dr. Jones's hair, a femme in her 50s with kindly eyes. Deronda and Max style at the other two stations. The salon has been busy all day. Dr. Jones says, it's just a mile from here. We should have a look at it. Lynx says, maps. A map of the area fills the wall screen. A marker that says, my salon, floats above one point on the map. She says, show me the live mappers and label them. Dots show up on the map, each labeled. They all move in small increments. These are the robots that update the map day and night. Dr. Jones says, it's over by C7. Link says, show me C7's view. The map disappears and a live video feed takes its place, showing a street being traveled down. On the right side, a fence runs many blocks. Link says, look right. 
The POV of the feed spins right, showing them the deepest pit Lynx has ever seen. Lynx gasps. Dr. Jones says, can you believe it? They took out all those blocks. Now let's look at Drexel Hill. That one is near complete. With some commands, Lynx brings up a live feed of another neighborhood. It looks like a mini metropolis completely replacing what used to be there. Dr. Jones says, we can't look in the giantess center, but as you can see it's all new stores down the street. Lynx says, it's beautiful. Dr. Jones says, it's like a self-contained city within Philadelphia. All the food production and manufacturing is made locally. Their delivery prices are cheapest, nearest to these centers, and become more expensive further out. Lynx says, but we don't have to worry about that. Dr. Jones says, that's true. Independent companies are building new housing near it. Those will be pricey. Giantess employees own one company making an inner-city gated community. You can't enter it from the street. Cars aren't allowed inside. Link says, it sounds safe. Dr. Jones points and says, see those two towers? Those are the grow buildings. It's just as easy to build a grow building in the city as out in the country. Link says, like you said, it's like a mini city. But not many people will be there. Dr. Jones says, hmm? Link says, it'll mostly be populated with robots. Dr. Jones says, I think you're right. A month later, Lynx leans against her salon chair, watching Tok Toks through her glasses. The bell on the door dings, and she looks up. Genevieve walks in quickly. She says, I'm just coming to get my things. Lynx says, you too? I thought you'd stick around. Genevieve says, Lynn, I love your place. I can't put into words how grateful I'll always be. But bank is bank. I say this with the deepest respect, you're robbing yourself if you don't come work with us. There are still plenty of chairs. She opens a square locker and empties items into a floppy bag. Link says, this is my place. I used what I won on the ultimate makeover challenge to open this place. Genevieve says, and many of us keep this place alive in our fond memories. She winks and says, now I gotta go. Lynx nods and offers a smile. After Genevieve leaves, nobody calls or drops by. Lynx stands out on the sidewalk. On Tok Tok, people talk about feeling like they're the last person on earth. A femme walking in an abandoned mall whose roof was recently torn off by a hurricane spreads her arms and declares, I feel like the last person on earth. Half the stylists look up and smile when Lynx walks in. The salon is called Do What You Like, not very original. The entire floor is a screen showing a live view from the ceiling. It looks like she's walking above herself. She counts 10 chairs on the left and 10 chairs way over on the right. Mendel with a tattoo mustache, who used to work at her salon, runs up to her and says, so glad you sold out. They shake Lynx's arm vigorously. She smiles and slow blinks. Mendel points to a group gathered around a chair on the other side of the room and says, they're waiting for you. As she walks over, a well-dressed black femme breaks from the group, walks toward Lynx, and extends a hand, saying, you made it.
My name is Tamika. I'm here to help you get started. Those three are reporters. I hope you don't mind we called them. You're joining us is a big deal. Tamika bolsters a nervous smile. Lynx nods, surprised that the first biotics employee she meets acts shy. She says, is that my chair? Tamika swallows and says, yes. Lynx lifts her bag and says, I brought my shears. Tamika jumps a little and says, oh, we have shears for you. The tools we provide have safety features, VR chips, and pressure sensors. She clasps her hands. But if you aren't happy with what we have, we can custom make you whatever tool you need, exactly to your liking. Oh, and we've already arranged your first appointment. Lynx laughs and says, that sounds fine. I'm sure it'll work. Tamika introduces Lynx to an up-and-coming musician who wants her hair done by Lynx. The reporters take turns interviewing her. Instead of film crews, each reporter uses a robot. The robots extend mic and camera arms, wheel around capturing different views, and follow orders from the reporters. Tamika disappears after the first interview starts. Lynx's first day goes by fast. In the Autonic cab taking her home, she checks her email. Through her glasses, she watches a video introduction to working at Biotic. The person in the video looks very real, a thin man with a hint of a receding hairline. But she can tell it's an avatar. The avatar says, your clients are your business. If you want more customers, tell the host you will take walk-ins or you have open time slots for appointments. You keep what your clients pay you. On top of that, Biotic will pay you $10,000 a month. You do not pay lease on your chair. Lynx already knew it was a lot, but she leans back in the seat and cries out. She hits the seats with closed fists. Unbelievable. The avatar continues. Once a week, we schedule you to style a hair doll. The video shows a stylist working on a doll head with realistic hair. The avatar says, each strand of the doll's hair has VR chips spaced an inch apart along its length. Like the VR dots under your skin, the VR chips are a little wider than a strand of hair. They run on ambient radio waves and triangulate their positions in relation to each other. We use them to record a 3D model of what happens to a client's hair as you cut and style it. We'll pay you $2,000 for each hair doll styled. You can schedule more hair doll sessions if you like. Now Lynx knows why the other beauticians have moved to the expensive neighborhoods nearer to do what you like and the new giantess center. The avatar continues, all over the world, beauticians are working in facilities set up to record their movement with VR dots, high-def cameras, and LiDAR. Expect to work for us for at least four years. She isn't ready to go home yet. She says, car, take me to fine design. Park across the street. After the car parks, she watches the four stylists working on four clients, visible through store windows. Other customers and family members wait on seating along the window and against one wall. They look around, lips moving, smiling, and nodding. A little girl breathes on the glass and then draws a smiley face in the condensation. Link says, Car, take me to Derek's barber shop and park across the street. 
Once there, from what she can see only one Barbara works at one of the three chairs, but a second customer waits, appearing to look ahead, but probably watching something through his glasses. Lynx still lives above her salon. When she closed it, she had the front replaced with a security facade. Instead of windows, a thick, heavy door opens to a recessed, second thick, heavy door. When she unlocks the first door lights come on inside and in the recessed space. She closes the doors behind her and walks through the darkened space by the chairs and mirrors. Her grey cat, Nito, walks up to her. She pets it on her way to the stairs. In the first year, most hair services for men and children are taken over by robots. The Basic Cuts franchise opens all over the country, charging $5 for a haircut and putting human barbers out of business. One Basic Cuts opens a block from where Lynx works, so she jots down there on her lunch break and steps in. Customers can select the style they want from a kiosk menu near the front door. The chairs are the robots. Robot arms extending from the chairs work on the customers. A chair tips back to shampoo a customer's hair in a container that drains and folds down when the shampoo is finished. The customer nearest her gets a shave by one robot arm and a trim by a second arm. The one man who waits doesn't need to wait very long. Lynx's stomach turns. Surely customers who are loyal to the barber they've always gone to will have their loyalty tested when it's time to choose between paying $30 and $5. But Lynx was on the ultimate makeover challenge, her hairstylings are featured in articles and fan posts. She may need to open a shop in New York after Biotic declares her contract complete, but there will always be someone who will pay to get their hair done by her. People are still people. Those who can afford special treatment will pay for it. The robot arms move like human arms, which makes Lynx shiver, turn around, and exit. In the third year, for new franchises open, all hair salons, all operated autonomously and by robots. These feature weaves, braids, extensions, perms, relaxers, coloring, styling, cutting, makeup, eyebrow trimming, eyelash extension, waxing, nail services, skincare, tanning, piercings, body art, and even massages. Customers can choose a service and then choose one of many famous beauticians to do it, including Lynx. All the recordings of Lynx's work have been cloned through deep learning. Most of the stylists who were on the ultimate makeover challenge are now choices for customers. Her face is on the menu on kiosk screens. All over the nation, like Main Streets when Walmarts opened, salons and beauty schools board up their windows. New shopline streets are near the giantess centers, all operated by robots. Shops where customers step up to a kiosk to have their bike tuned, their vision checked, and their pets groomed. Robots clean these streets and remove graffiti every morning. Half of the stylists who are at Do What You Like are gone. All the chairs on the right side are removed and robot beautician chairs are installed in their place. The last time Lynx speaks with Genevieve before she leaves, Genevieve says she's going to take a road trip, possibly to Alaska. Lynx gets a customer, an electrician who says, I'm followed around by a robot at work. It follows me everywhere, even up into attics. It records everything and offers to do some of the work. It'll alert my boss if I don't let it. If it messes up, I'm supposed to fix its mistakes. Lynx says, I know what that can be like. 
I feel like I get my pimples counted every time I walk in here. The electrician says, the robot is better at patching walls than me, I'll admit. At least it'll take some time before a robot can replace me. Sometimes I hear it'll take another 10 years. In the fourth year, Lynx must charge customers less or lose clients. Not that it matters with how much Biotic is paying her. And she shouldn't feel insulted, she shouldn't. She's been part of this. A singer has their song recorded so it can be heard around the world. That's what Lynx has done. Biotic gives her a contract complete notice. At least a human gave it to her, a man who must have finished high school in the very recent past. Hell, he wore a tie so at least there's that. Seriously, she'd be less surprised if they just texted her. Wouldn't that exemplify Biotic's whole business model? She gets a job doing airpiece hairdos for a TV series, but when she walks in and sees that they have the recording equipment in the dressing room she turns around and walks out. Her manager calls her and says, they're only doing it for consistency. The show's going to go on for years. She says, no thank you, and hangs up. She calls some of the beauticians she's worked with about opening a people-run salon, saying, at this point, it'll be something special. But everyone gently declines. Genevieve says, it's too soon. People aren't nostalgic for human beauticians yet. Can Academy calls her asking if she'd like to teach an online course. She asks, will I be recorded? The man on the other side says, yes. You'll be recorded in 3D so students can learn from you in a virtual space. You'll work with hundreds of real students. Over time, we'll be able to create an AI teacher who teaches like you. She says, no thank you. Good luck. One night out with friends, she has won too many drinks. After leaving a bar and weaving through the crowd in an alley, she sees a full-figure femme with an outrageous hairdo and runs up to her. Lynx puts her arm around the femme and says, I love your haircut. Can I make a talk-talk about your haircut? The femme smiles, shrugs a little, and says, sure. Lynx takes her glasses off, turns them around, and holds them in front of her and the femme. She announces, he everyone. Here I am in Philadelphia, and I want to make a point. See this lovely femme? I bet she came up with this haircut herself or one of her friends gave it to her because you cannot get this haircut at a robot salon. I dare you to try it. Some of those milling around laugh encouragingly. The femme with the hairdo smiles and bats her eyelashes. The next morning when Nito wakes Lynx by running over her back time and again, she puts on her glasses and sees that her talk-talk is going off in a blaze of emojis. She's touched a nerve. In a few days, she takes a walk around Jersey. When she sees the young man with a haircut from another planet, she makes a talk-talk with him. She has something to prove. Before long people will notice that everyone walks around, not with similar haircuts, but with the exact same haircut. Each morning, she chooses a new location to walk around. Her growing fanbase love how she notices what makes a haircut original, what style or era it harkens to, and how at the end she shouts, you cannot get this haircut at a robot salon. On a late afternoon, while Lynx clips plants in her box window garden so she can make tea, Tamika calls her. 
Lynx answers and says, Oh, hello, Tamika, it's been so long. Tamika says, We have an idea of making a show for you. Lynx says, You want me to be in a show? Tamika says, We want you to have your own weekly show where you bring in one of your hairstyle finds, talk about it, and reproduce the same hairdo on someone else, explaining how you do it. Lynx pauses for many seconds. She pauses so long, Tamika asks, Hello? Lynx, you're right. Our robot can't snatch up the latest trends, not yet. We're creating a department of beauticians who can update the robots year-round. Lynx says, I don't want to do that. Tamika says, that's not what we need you for. We need you to scout out new trends and showcase them publicly. We need you to encourage trend disruptors. You make fast friends with the people you spot on the streets. We need you to bring them onto your show. You've always been much more than a beautician. Again, Lynx pauses for a long time. Finally, she says, I'll need to talk with an agent or lawyer first. Thank you for listening. I will never run ads on this podcast. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is n20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.